For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. everyone yes that was intro music that you heard this week and yes you heard it last week too but i forgot to mention it because i put it in after the fact that we had recorded and everything else but a big thank you for our intro music to who created that for us Megan? annalise nelson Ooh, thank annalise. you annalise <laughs> so this week before we get into the show we are going to address a question that came into us via email as opposed to our voicemail so I'm just going to be paraphrasing the email. It was very kind of Joe to send it in. Thank you very much. Joe wants to know what horror television series we love and or wish there was more of, which at first I got lost. Then I started thinking about Megan, and I know the an- I know a answer for Megan. <laughs> do you? I do. I know one for sure. Okay. I want to know what it is. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, f- fine. Uh, I'll I'll start for Megan. She wishes there was more of The Exorcist. Yes. Yes. Okay. Wow, you know John. Me. Yeah, me. I listen to the show sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud. Uh, g- what else besides The Exorcist? We'll go around the table. Harper's Island. Yes. I am so bummed that that did not catch on. I feel like it has love now. Yeah. But it didn't do us any good then. I watched this live every week. And I was hooked. And this was supposed to be an anthology series way ahead of American Mm. Horror Story where it was going to switch up. I remember reading an article years ago where they had planned a safari type setting for season two, um, which, you know, I would have loved. But I love, love, love Harper's Island. And if you love like slasher murder mystery type stuff, yeah, we only got the one season. You can find it on streaming every once in a while. Uh, that's my biggest one in Exorcist TV, obviously. Uh, currently, I really hope 30 Coins keeps going. Oh, yeah. I got to watch that. I saw that on, pop up on Hulu. Is it on Hulu? Oh, for HBO. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. Was it? Oh, oh, it was HBO. I was scrolling through HBO. That's what it was. Yeah. So, yeah. That's uh, that's what pops into mind right away. But I don't. what do you guys? How about you, Zeno? Well, I have a couple. Because I, I really love series. Harper's Island, yes, Megan, all the way. I was late to that series. I remember when they had it on Netflix. I heard of it, but I didn't watch it when it was live. And I, I felt like I like missed out in life, honestly. You missed so. out in oh, oh, I know one for Xena, too. Okay. You do? Okay, tell me. I do. I'm going to get the title wrong because I never actually watched it. It was the French one. Was it Marianne? Or Yes. Uh, yes. Look at John, you are on a roll today. I know. He's so giving us our own answers. <laughs> like, no, but but yeah, like I it's not that it's not a satisfying ending because I really did like the ending, but yeah. you know, I just really loved it, so I want more. Yeah. So 
that's all. I agree but, with that. Yeah. Um, okay, so what comes to mind? Dead of Summer. This came out maybe 2016, 17, but it was canceled. And there was mm-hmm. only one season. And at first it came off like it was going to be like a, you know, one of those teeny bobber shows. Like, oh, Jody broke up with me. No, mm-hmm. people were getting their heads chopped off. There were fires. There was witchcraft. Like, just dead people everywhere, you know? It was really cool. Um, and then another one, I have to say Masters of Horror. Like, I really, really love, love that series a lot. Like, I find myself just going back and, like, rewatching it. And um, Santa Clarita Diet, because, you know, oh, yeah. that show, it, it hurt me so much. It still hurts. It does. And, um, just, and that's a cliffhanger right, ending. So Santa Clarita was so good. Just hilarious. But and- Oh, God. The neighbor boy makes me <laughs> laugh so hard. The first episode where, like, his mom, like, refers to, I think his mom, like, refers to, like, his spank bank or something along <laughs> that line. <laughs> and, like, he's sitting in the car and he just most mom no <laughs> and he's just so sad Aww. and desperate and embarrassed it's so such good acting he is like he's a really great i love his face like his face oh. makes me laugh um so good and then the last one chambers is another one that was on netflix and really really interesting storyline about this teenager who has like a heart transparent uh, transparent transplant and yeah, she kind of wishes that she she didn't like just some crazy stuff like culty. I, I like a lot of that. If you didn't know, but yeah, yeah a lot of if you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's it for me that I could think of right now. John, John. Well, I will say the two that I believe I've mentioned on the show. First and foremost, MTV's Fear. Oh yeah, I love yeah. MTV's Fear, the reality show. Um, it's on, uh, I was actually watching it on YouTube a couple of weeks ago, just some of the old episodes. The quality's not great, but it was just kind of fun to rewatch it. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, enough so that I checked it out on Wikipedia and ev- evidently it wasn't canceled because of ratings. It was actually like the second highest rated show on MTV. It just cost too much. Yeah. It cost like a million dollars an episode because of all the cameras and the crew that was involved and the location. Yeah. And even though the, the prize money was like, I think they split like $20,000 or $10,000 or something like so much went into production. They just didn't want to keep spending the money, Mm. which is disappointing. And then the other one that I love was the very short lived. I think there was only one or two seasons, uh, G versus E, uh, shortened, uh, good versus evil. Mm. Basically, you know, the, um, uh, Jeff Bridges and, and, uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds movie RIPD. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think of that, but dark, where it's basically like dead detectives that are hunting down demons. Like it was it's oddly cool. a really oddly dark show, but it was so good because it was on like USA of all places. I think it was at USA Up at Night or Up All Night or whatever nice. when they were like so at ten o'clock it got a little bit grittier. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then two total dark horse picks on this one that I have no idea if either of you have heard of. One of them was called Brimstone. I'm almost positive this only lasted for a season. A lot like G versus E, this was a guy who, I think he was a suicide, who went to hell, but he was a cop. And like 99 souls or something escape hell. And the devil basically tells him, if you get these souls back for me, you'll go free. But like he comes back to earth and nobody recognizes his face intentionally. So like he runs into his wife, but she doesn't know who he is. And it was just kind of a cool twist on like Faustian style deals. Like I love like any like... 
messing around with any like like uh perception of like a devil character mm-hmm. like um like in Constantine I love the portrayal of the devil in Constantine the Keanu Reeves movie version um anything that's a little more playful or something along those lines and then this one and I would be amazed if anyone remembers this Murder in Small Town X No this was a re- <laughs> this was a reality show on Fox that I believe aired just prior to 9/11 so I don't think the ratings were great, but also one of the contestants died. He was a firefighter and he died oh, in 9-11. Like, yeah, so I think that that kind of, they put it, they shut it down. But it was a reality show where like the contestants have to solve a murder, but the entire town is actors. They're filled with the entire town. So like they'll go around and look for clues and talk to people and it's all just actors pointing in the wrong way or whatever. And like, it was a little cheesy how someone would get knocked off each week or whatever, mm-hmm. but that was such a cool idea. Mm, yeah. Like completely immersing these people like, basically into a TV show yeah. and having them try and play detectives. But at the same time, it was like kind of a big brother aspect where they could pseudo vote each other off. Interesting. I thought, I thought it was really fun. I mean, it, it came out around the same time as like Firefly and John Doe and stuff, which also only lasted a season. Yeah. So Fox was just on a great run of yeah, shows Fox that I watched. Known for that, yeah. I, w- I watched the whole first season, got super excited to watch more, and then nothing. Wait, <laughs> I'm sorry. Although what's at the, least we got Serenity. What's the show called again? I mean, it sounds fun. See if I can. It was find called it. Murder. In, it was Murder in Small Town X. There should be more genre reality shows. I don't know if re- like competition shows. I guess I, I should yeah. specify. Do you remember yeah. Scream Queens? I used to be so oh my hooked yeah, on that. Yeah. Scream Queens. I think you can still I know my find wife it. That, yeah. Um, I remember revisiting both seasons not that long ago on, I don't know what it was, Pluto, Tubi, something like that. And it's I guess so it could be kind of hokey, especially the second season. They started adding like more cat fighting between the girls mm-hmm. that were competing. But sure. that's that's I love I I want more of that. It's so surprising that they don't have something like that now. I mean, I know like now there's there's a lot of people who don't like the Scream Queen name title, but yeah, but um, I don't know. It seemed like it would be a lot of fun to have something like that right now. Maybe maybe it's because there's no long-running franchise to kind of sponsor it because the biggest prize at the end of both seasons was a role in the next Saw movie. Saw, yeah. Oh, that's right. Did either of you watch Project Greenlight when it was on? I'm familiar, but I didn't fully watch it, but I I know enough. So, yeah, Project Greenlight. So that was uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon basically started an organization for up-and-coming screenwriters and filmmakers to try and get their their works published and i think the first season i think the name of the movie is like the house of sand and fog or something like that i think it was starring um toby mcguire but i think it was season two or three uh is when feast yeah was made Mm. yep exactly but they did not so it was really interesting a good experience with that though no, because the director was so flaky and it was such the a weird mess. The show did actually, not give them the support either that they were promised. No, the show was totally against Feast. They didn't want it. Mm. And I, I, if I remember, even Wes Craven came out and said, don't make this movie, <laughs> which was like, oh. And like I remember Matt Damon being like, like the master of horror is saying, don't make this. And like, because they were really pushing for a different script. And like the studio was like, well, this one's easier and cheaper to make. So but it's, like, oh, come it's a fun movie. Oh, it, it kind of sounds similar to um, On the Lot from 2007. 
yeah. where these filmmakers they would they would come on and they would like film a short or film like a movie each week. Oh and yeah, yeah. Carrie Fisher, she was um a judge, and Gary Marshall. It's a really cool show. I remember that. Yeah, I mean, and and now I suppose it's considerably different because it's so much easier for people just to create their own stuff. Um, which I'll actually get into during my um, movies for this week. Mm-hmm. But I thought, yeah, like, I love that aspect. I love that behind-the-scenes making of type stuff. And I love hearing stories from, like, industry insiders about, like, what it was like to film a movie mm-hmm. and, like, the process and things like that. For whatever reason, that those stories just captivate me. Yeah, for sure. So, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror <laughs> movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from her YouTube channel and her website of the same name, the real queen of horror herself, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. If not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe you desperately need a smile right now, too. So, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? So, first up, I checked out The Pit on Shudder from 1981. So it's been a little bit since I watched this movie. Um, it's basically about this strange preteen boy who unleashes revenge on, you know, his bullies. And because he made like this, this weird discovery in the woods, it's monsters, just monsters in a hole that he feeds people to. <laughs> and um... best tagline ever. It's monsters in a hole. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it is just such a unique Canadian horror it, it, it's like a after school special gone wrong because at first you you don't really know what what what's what's what is going to be about because it kind of starts off that way like you know you have this weird little kid he doesn't have any friends you don't know why at first and then yeah. you kind of learn why he's a pervert he talks yes. to a possessed teddy bear um yes. he, boy. he throws oh. people into holes like <laughs> He harasses one of his teachers. Like, it's just gross, you know? But anyway, um, seriously, though, like, with the teddy bear, we don't really know as the viewers um, if the teddy bear is actually really talking to him or if that's a mental thing. Um, even though this one, it is a very weird movie, I feel like it's entertaining. And you don't really see um, too too many movies like this anymore. No, especially so. not because the boy is a pervert. Yeah. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> You he's you could tell that he's he's gonna grow up to be like a, a predator, you know? It's like it's it's gross because it's just like how come no one's doing anything about this? Yeah, like this, they're just letting him run wild. This little boy is sleazy. It's like a bathtub babysitter thing that's like yeah. no, no, no. I would no. never babysit him, ever. No. So it's not the monsters yeah. in a pit that's the problem here. It's really not. They just stay in that pit. So, (laughs) and then uh, just the next one that I checked out, uh, this was a new watch for me called Nightmare on the 13th Floor on YouTube from 1990. It's a made-for-TV movie where this uh, travel writer, she finds a satanic cult using the sealed-off 13th floor in a Victorian hotel um, for rituals. And... Um, I feel like it's really solid. Like, it's just, I've never heard of it before at all. I put uh-uh. it on because, you know, I, I had, it was like wash my hair day and that takes like literally all day. So, you know, I was, I needed something to watch. And 
whoa like all right you already know like the whole satanic thing is totally my jam but yeah even though this movie was you know released in the 90s it has a feel like a 70s feel Ah. and the leading woman yes like the leading woman named elaine i believe she is super nosy like she's nosy (laughs) for no reason and it's just like at this point i don't understand why can't you just do your write-up and move on no she she just becomes like nancy drew and I'll admit, like, there's a lot of dialogue because obviously it is like a made-for-TV movie, so there's not going to be a lot of gore. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's a fun mystery, and I feel like it's worth a watch if you ever get a chance to check it out. Um, there's some slasher elements, and um, the hotel is, like, really cool-looking, like, very Victorian style. And uh, the director, um, Walter Gro- Grumman, Grumman, he's the one who um, directed Are You Alone in the House?, so I thought that like was the original awesome. or are you alone? um yes the, the one from the 70s okay right yeah and, and some other stuff too like um uh valley valley doll something okay but yeah that's pretty much what i watched and it was a good time so what about Very you cool. megan i watched early because it's not started yet but uh season two of servant on nice. apple tv plus which is coming like the first uh, episode airs Friday or will be available Friday on Apple TV. Um, the whole show's synopsis is basically a Philadelphia couple is in mourning after an unspeakable tragedy creates a rift in their marriage and opens the door for a mysterious force to enter their home. This is the one where you've probably seen the the photos of the really creepy baby doll. It's like a rebirth mm-hmm. doll because uh, Lauren Ambrose she plays the wife and Toby Kebbell plays the husband and she is not um, coping at all. Like she's in complete denial. And so it's recommended by her psychiatrist that they give her a rebirth doll and she mm. decides and she treats it like it's real in her mind. This, this doll is real, but then they hire a nanny for this rebirth doll and the rebirth, like the, the nanny ends up swapping it for an actual baby and things get really, really weird. It is uh, executive produced by M. Night Shyamalan, but it was created by Tony Bazgalup, which I cannot mm-hmm. pronounce. I apologize. But it's this super, super ambiguous, mysterious show where it's psychological, heavy, heavy psychological. So this would be Xena's jam totally. Um, <laughs> and the more it goes on, the more it's like, it's almost like Lost in that, you get some answers, but then for every answer you get, there's five more questions. But that's mm-hmm. that's the only connection there. Um, they're two different shows. But yeah, so season two picks up immediately after season one. And it gets a little bit more unhinged than it already was. Uh, but I, I really, really love it. I feel like Apple TV Plus is really new and kind of lost in the sea of all of the subscription services. So I don't think people really think about it or have even watched Servant because of it. But I, it's one of my favorite shows, honestly, that's currently available. And the other thing that I love about season two is I, I actually got to watch the first seven out of ten episodes. So season one's ten episodes. Season two will be ten episodes, except they're going to a weekly format for season mm-hmm. two. But the lineup of directors that they got for season two is crazy impressive like the first two episodes are directed by julia de raw director um blew my mind the director for that one the director for holiday which is not really horror but i love her um 
M. Night Shyamalan directed an episode, so did his daughter. She directed an episode. Awesome. So, yeah, it's this, it's a really, really good show. Um, just be warned that if you are not the type that likes super ambiguous mysteries that do not reveal themselves very easily, then you probably will be frustrated, but I, I adore it. So I watched okay. that. I do recommend that people give this show a chance. Um, and then I watched It Follows. I watched it on Blu-ray, but I did check, and it is available nice. on Tubi, Prime, Pluto TV. It's all over. Yeah, yeah. With, with ads, so just be warned. But um, if you don't know what It Follows is, it's basically a young woman's followed by an unknown supernatural force after a sexual encounter. Uh, I hadn't rewatched this one since it was in theaters. So it had been a while, which I, I liked. Um, so it was kind of like revisiting it again after a long while where you'd forgotten a lot of what happens. And I don't know that I will ever not be amazed every time I revisit this one just because of how it's set up. You know, mm -hmm. one scene she's making Monroe's character is in the pool in her backyard in a swimsuit. And then literally the next moment she's in jeans and a sweater. And then next they're in like a jacket and shorts. And that doesn't even begin to talk about how, you know, one girl's got a shell e-reader from the future mm -hmm. and like, the TVs are one. old and playing black and white. It's like you have no sense of time or place. And that's <laughs> disorienting, which is a good thing because then you've got this entity that comes anywhere and everywhere. And, you know, he uses a lot of wide frames to give that kind of. I don't, what's the opposite of claustrophobic? It's like this open space where this thing can come from anywhere. It just leaves you on edge. Agoraphobic? Yeah, I guess so. I guess, yes. Thank you. Words are hard, John. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Okay. It's got good scares. I, I remember when it came out, it was kind of the STD horror movie, but I disagree mm -hmm. that it's about STDs mm -hmm. at all, but about morality and how you cannot, you know, she's, she's just had a traumatic experience and... Now she's realizing that death is a thing. So, yeah, that's what I think that the curse is. But anyways, I really liked it. Cool stuff. John, it's your turn. All right. So I was proud of myself. I watched a reader this week. Um, it, Easier to do when you're doing cardio than oh. anything else. Uh, 2020 Sputnik on Hulu. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. So I've been meaning to watch this for a while. I'm glad I finally did. The lone survivor of an enigmatic spaceship incident doesn't return back home alone. Hiding inside his body is a dangerous creature. Yeah, I mean, that's IMDb's for you. And it's, it's not really a spoiler. I mean, if you saw the trailer, you know something's going on. Uh, you know, the trailer made it very much look like um, like life mm -hmm. um, if you, with Jake Gyllenhaal and, and Ryan Reynolds and so many people. Or, or like the Venom symbiote, like origin story style thing and... Honestly, like this was one I remember watching and uh, like I love kind of Cold War era type movies or something kind of fascinating about that time period, especially like early, like late 70s, early 80s and, and just that general tone. 
So setting it back then was even more so, and it's layered because of the concept of the Russian government wants to keep this on the surface. The Russian government wants to keep this wrapped up because you don't want like your heroes to suddenly be coming back and being involved in things and who knows what's going on. Um, I beautifully shot movie. I love, it's such great acting, just great. Like, like it's, uh, I don't want to say it's predictable. Like it's not necessarily going to throw you too much. Mm -mm. I don't think like even like the twist reveals are kind of like, okay, like it's not going to wow you, but it's done. So like for me, beginning to end, it's so consistent in its tone and its pacing and in the acting quality and it's on Hulu, so a low barrier to entry. If you haven't watched it already, I highly recommend it, uh, especially if you're looking for a foreign language film. And then this one was brand new to me. I'd never heard of it before. It was a, a fluke because I was looking at something else on YouTube that someone had recommended, and this popped up, and it, it kind of hooked me. It's, two, it's 2015's Rorschach, and this was po it's posted on YouTube as Rorschach colon the scariest movie ever made. <laughs> Congratulations, so like, you did right. it. <laughs> it's like, all right, challenge, um, which is brilliant because it's got like 5 million views on YouTube or something. So maybe the title of it really sold it. Mm -hmm. um, well, everybody wants to know, being, you know, like, yeah, right. Oh, that's yeah, exactly. not true. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. see. Even if they're only 10 minutes into it, it's a view. So yeah. Two skeptic researchers investigate a mother's claim that an unknown presence may be trying to communicate with her seven-year-old daughter. Basically, uh, think paranormal activity with researchers and a mother-daughter. It's basically that. Um, it's not, I mean, there's, calling it scary, it's more like, it's more scary along the lines of paranormal activity because there's no music. You're not necessarily anticipating anything. And then there's a noise or a bump or a reaction or something, you know, um, it's not, no, it's not the scariest <laughs> movie ever made. Um, I'm sorry. It's a filmmaker, <laughs> but that said, like it's a, it's plenty good for a, a, a small release or self-released horror movie like found footage style horror movie about paranormal researchers but it's not you're not going to watch it and say i've never seen this before or heard of this before but it's solid especially if you're just looking for if you're scrolling through youtube and you want to you know kill 85 minutes <laughs> which is the most sterling recommendation i've ever given if you want to kill this. time yeah. yeah and you're on youtube anyway <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs now, up. if you personally, a better way to spend your time would be my last movie, 2009's Drag Me to Hell yeah. on Peacock. Now, before I get into this, I would like to clarify. So when I had said that uh, I wasn't paying attention during the Evil Dead remake way back when and that I was just kind of busy myself on the, my phone or whatever, I was wrong. It was this. Mm. I mixed up my Sam Raimi movies. Um, okay. I watched Evil Dead through the first time. I wasn't really paying attention during this one, and I remember why, and I'll get into it. Oh, okay. This is on Peacock. A lone officer who evicts an old lady from her home finds herself the recipient of a supernatural curse. Desperate, she turns to a seer to try and save her soul while evil forces work to push her to a breaking point. I remember why I zoned out on this one. <laughs> the first 20 minutes of this movie for me is a total slog. It's so hard for me to get through it. 
um, because it's basically just filled with mansplaining, which most of the movie is actually. <laughs> and it's like just shitty male characters. So it's like really tough. It's like the boss who doesn't really pay attention to her. It's the coworker who's trying to steal her job. It's the boyfriend who, while loving, is still kind of under the thumb of his parents who don't care about her, even though she, because she grew up on a farm, which I don't know why that's a <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, like, that was weird. And, yeah, and the used to be, quote unquote, fat subplot, mm. well, that doesn't even need to be there. I don't understand that at all, unless the point is, is that you're trying to, uh, like, for character development that you're trying to make her feel like less comfortable in her own body sort of thing i but they go back to i think it's and i'm like i don't get why that's there I'm, I'm not justifying why it's there but i i'm speculating that it's there because the demon is clearly getting personal in his torture and that's why it's always like orally fixated because mm. he's oh a lot of the stuff that. that's happening to her like she gets this goop in her mouth all the time and i think you know and even cake she's mm-hmm. getting tormented by cake and and i think it's yeah. just well, it's a, a very sam raimi thing yeah i think it's just a very interesting <laughs> odd character choice to specify like this is her backstory and here's why this demon is choosing these specific routes to, to torture her and I thought it was really weird because they showed the picture of her when she was, again, quote unquote, fat. And I'm like, she's just a little bit heavy in that picture. Yeah, she's, like, yeah. Compared yeah. to what she is in the movie. Like, it was just like, and then like the going to the gypsy's house and the woman's like, you used to be fat, didn't you? I can tell. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah. What are you... yeah. It's just <laughs> preying on her insecurities and, and targeting her personal fears. Yeah. Once you actually get more into the torment from the demon itself and like once you get deeper into it with like when he meets the seer, the the actor's name, I totally forgot. He's also in Inception, which made me want to go watch Inception. So I did. Um, but like uh, once you get into that, once you just get more into like the Raimi aspects of things. Like, oh, my God, this horrible thing is happening. What can I do? Oh, there's an anvil hanging from a rope in my shed for no reason. That'll help. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's it it gets a lot better when you just kind of get into, for lack of a better term, like the meat of things. But like other than that, like the people, she's just generally surrounded by just just horrible people, which isn't to say these people aren't real. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's plenty of people who have these people in their life, but it just when it comes to film, it felt more like low hanging fruit to me. Um. But that doesn't mean, but I do enjoy the movie. I just, it, it was just difficult. I think I zoned out the first time I watched it because like the first 30 minutes, I'm just like, I don't. And like the fight with the witch in the car, I actually, it bores me a little bit. What? But it, it does. That's crazy. Because at first, like I, I, I laugh with the stapler because it's funny <laughs> and like the, the ruler and stuff. But the end of that actually saves it for me when she, spoilers, I guess, snatches the button. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, that part makes me laugh the hardest because it's like this really intense thing. And it's like she's attacking her and like she wants to kill her like she's she's insulted her and humiliated her. And she gets and she snatches the button and she has like the sigh of relief. And it's just like the funniest moment to me because there's this massive build intention. And it's like, oh, no, she's good. I wanted the button. She just she just needed <laughs> a thing for- to, to, to curse her. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, watching it the first time, you don't necessarily know that that's what she's trying to do. So it's so, like, absurd in the moment, like, what's happening. But, um, but yeah, but Drag Me to Hell. You know, it's not my favorite Sam Raimi movie. 
but there's so much Sam Raimi in it. Oh, yeah. It's hard not to like it if you like Sam Raimi. And I the like goat. Sam Raimi. The, the goat. Part. I wish the there would have been more of the goat. And obviously, I love the possession. Like, mm-hmm. the little hovering dancing is total Evil Dead through and through. Um, I would have liked it if it had been the goat to do that. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not going to split hairs. So, before we move on, what did we watch and how did we watch it? So I watched The Pit on Shudder and Nightmare on the 13th Floor on YouTube. I watched uh, Servant on Apple TV Plus and it follows, I watched on Blu-ray, but it is available on Tubi, Prime, and Pluto. And I watched Sputnik on Hulu, Rorschach on YouTube. You're, you're going to have to search for Rorschach movie, otherwise you're just going to get a bunch of Watchmen stuff. <laughs> and Drake, and Drake oh, yeah. Me to Hell on Peacock. Yeah, it was crazy. Trying to find that movie was not the easiest that, thing. That's why they added the qualifier, scariest movie ever made. I think it was, yeah. Honestly, I probably would click on it, too. <laughs> yeah, it's there effective. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Uh, as a quick follow-up to last week's news, I did want to mention that Roku did finalize a deal to acquire Quibi's library. So if you did not nice. give Quibi a chance, uh, but you were really curious about some of their content, don't worry. Roku did step in and save the day. Um, Vera Farmiga is going to star in and produce an upcoming horror fairy tale, Bad Bloom. Is it Farmiga? I've been saying Farmiga. Me I've too. Been I've been living wrong. a lie. I'm going. Oh, my God. I feel like I pronounce everyone's name wrong. <laughs> I feel like that's across the board for all of us. Yeah. Ah. Sorry. (laughs) The horror fairy tale will portray a family living in isolation on a remote island to keep an unknown creature at bay. Their tightly guarded reality begins to unravel when one of the children learns the monster they feared is not the monster they envisioned. Bad Bloom is set to start production in the second half of 2021, and it will be the featured directorial debut uh, for Bryce McGuire. It's a very interesting um, plot synopsis because, like, bad bloom on an island. Uh, my mind automatically goes to algae. Mm-hmm. Huh. So yeah. my mind automatically is, starts churning, thinking this could be a village-type scenario. You know, they're warned about a monster mm-hmm. in the water. But no, mom and dad just want to keep them there, and it's algae. I don't know. Obviously, I'm wildly speculating here. <laughs> but I do really like I want to see killer algae. I don't Killer algae. That could else. be really boring though. It just floats. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe it hey, trips them was out. Was the happening boring? No. I don't want the happening The too, happening though. was not boring. This is happening in the water. <laughs> well, it's pretty cool for the director. Um <laughs> I checked out his <laughs> out his uh his short movie uh Night Swim. Well, oh. he was a co-director. So, what is Night Swim? I, Night Swim is so cool. I think that it might be streaming on YouTube. It's only like four minutes or three minutes, four or three minutes. But what is it about? So you see this girl who's, you know, swimming that night in, in the pool and there's something or someone watching her. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So I wonder if there's a connection. Mm. Got to clean that pool. Get that clean that pool. But I, I got to work on your pH levels. And and credit roll. Um, I do. <laughs> I do love horror fairy tales. I I I'm on board for horror fairy tales. Like that's an instant sell for me. 
Whether I like him is a different story, but I will be buying tickets. Uh, nice. The Forever Purge reveals an image and new plot details. And the Forever Purge is what the title is of the next Purge movie. It was originally set for theatrical release on July 10th last year. Obviously, the pandemic derailed like half of the, well, more than half, probably the theatrical lineup. But they bumped it to this year, and it is now currently planned to release in theaters on July 9th. So it was reported previously last year that uh, it's going to take the purge out of its usual metropolitan setting while dealing with the class and race issues the way that all the other films have. Um, And that it's the final film for this franchise. Total Film released a first official image for the movie, which you can check out there or on Bloody Disgusting, obviously. Uh, But they also revealed new plot details, which is that the movie will take place after the events of election year and will center on Adila and Juan, who find solace at a Texan Texan ranch. They've fled a drug cartel in Mexico. But things go awry when a group of outsiders decide to keep purging beyond the allotted time when people can break any and all laws. Which is a very interesting choice. Um, franchise creator James DeMonico wrote the new movie and Ed- Everardo Gout directed. But yeah, the whole point of The Purge is that you can do whatever the French toast you want <laughs> during 12, o- 12 hours. Is that right? 12 hours? I think 12. Yeah. So you can do whatever you want and you're pardoned. Like it doesn't count. But for people to keep going past that means you're on the hook. So what will that do stake-wise? Well, I don't know about you, but I think that it's pretty far-fetched that people would defy the word of the government. <laughs> Especially in some sort of purge-type world where people could just do whatever the hell they wanted. Odd. Madness. This is a totally different universe, though. This is fictional universe. Oh, Clearly oh, inspired oh, gotcha. by reality, but whatever. <laughs> the only... The, the part... That concerns me a little bit about that. I, I, I saw the first two purges. I didn't watch the TV show. Or... Oh, I haven't watched the TV show Wait, yet. was the TV show election year or was that the No, election, election year, year is part three. Movie? So you have purge okay. and then purge, anarchy, then election, then yep. the first, wait, yeah, the first purge, yeah, which first was a purge. prequel. And then forever yep. purge will just essentially be like part four, even though it's the fifth one. So the part that detracts from me a little bit and and I'm I'm curious to see uh repercussions too because I feel like that has to be pretty significant in the movie otherwise okay so the hook of the purge is like you said you have 24 hours to do whatever you want uh-huh. it doesn't matter um so that's like you've got your window of opportunity like that's a survival aspect of the movie yeah you got to make the 24 hours but if you take that element away, then you've removed what's intriguing about the purge in the first place. Right. Now okay. it's just people being crazy, just doing whatever they want. Yeah. It's like, well, that in unless unless the um uh unless the repercussions weigh heavily into the movie, then it kind of then it doesn't need to be a purge movie. It's just people who decide to terrorize other people. Now James DeMonaco <laughs> has obviously made scathing you know, commentary with every film. So I'm sure it will obviously have a purpose that will reveal itself. But it is interesting because I don't know if you remember part two. That was the one that took it from a home invasion movie to a full-on survive the night action thriller. Mm -hmm. And that introduced Frank Grillo's character, who 
was out for personal revenge. And it was a huge character moment for him where the purge had officially ended, but he didn't care. He was going to get his revenge anyways. And that was a huge, huge moment where he, he had to be talked down from a ledge because there would be repercussions. But then you have these bad guys who do not give a f- fuck about, you know, the purge a laws. French so toast. Yeah, French toast, <laughs> fuck. You don't know what you're going to get. Will I cuss or will I make up words? You don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah. mean, I, I, I haven't seen the fourth one. So I haven't, I haven't, I haven't gotten around uh, yet to, to watching that one yet. Um, and I know Michael Bay is a part of He's a He was a producer for all of them, right? Was he? I thought this was, was all he? Blumhouse. I thought that he was also like a producer. Because, you know, there's always some type of explosion. So I thought it was him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's Michael Bay I, I explosion. Just, <laughs> I just there was an explosion <laughs> and someone slid through gravel at some point. See, it's got to be Michael Bay. It sounds Bay. <laughs> just like him. So, I mean, I, I say that because I'm I'm wondering with this one if they're going to make it more intimate, more personal. Um, it sounds like it being that it's on a ranch, you know, in yeah. a rural area, not so a city. Full circle back to the original. Mm-hmm. But ah. we're going to make it super, you know, prom- like present with the drug cartel situation. Mm. Okay. I mean, maybe that's why it's called the Forever Purge. Maybe, like, they think it's over and then, like, the twist the at the end is, is that we're always going to let you purge. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 365. We will find out. We don't have long to wait. I mean, unless... You know, things change, but July, July, right around Independence Day, how very fitting. I feel like every (laughs) holiday kind of has its own ongoing, you know, the purge is around Independence Day, always in July. You can always count on lots of things coming in October. Mm -hmm. That's a whole random thought. Sorry. All right. So (laughs) the dark superhero trend continues with Samaritan. Julius Avery, who directed Overlord, his next movie as director is Samaritan for MGM, which has Sylvester Stallone in the titular leading role. Nice. So this news also Hmm. came from Total Film, where Avery told them that his film is based on an original idea. The thriller centers on a young boy who is out to discover if a mythic superhero who vanished 20 years earlier following a a tragic event is still alive. So he describes it as a big event movie. Uh, We see our heroes kicking ass. We're going to see Sly Sly do things he hasn't done in a long time and in a really inventive way. He's 73 years old. I'm amazed by how much he actually does. I'm telling you, most guys in their 20s wouldn't be able to do what Sly does in this movie. Most guys on their 20s aren't so pumped full of HGH either. (laughs) This was written by the writer behind Escape Room, Bragi F. Shoot. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I... I bring this up because it it reminds me a lot of uh, just just the plot description so far reads a lot like Arch Enemy, which just came out. Um, there's mm-hmm. before that, you know, Brightburn, which I think took way more genre turn than I expect this one will. But there's definitely a trend of gritty superhero stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I want good things for for the Overlord director. That's for sure. I don't know if you guys have any yeah, thoughts. Yeah, I'd be curious to see it. Well, especially uh, Stallone in that kind of a role mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds interesting. It's... Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see if uh, if the trend continues or will keep continuing. Watch the boys. That's really – watch the boys. I love the boys. Mm. All right. And then uh, the upcoming Evil Dead, the game, is filling out an impressive voice cast. 
So it's an upcoming co-op in PvP multiplayer title in development for PC, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, pretty much everywhere. Uh, you're, you work together as a team of four survivors exploring, looting, crafting, and managing your fear and finding key artifacts to, steal the bre- to seal the breach between worlds or take control of a Kandarian Kendar- demon to hunt Ash and his friends while possessing deadites, the environment, and even the survivors themselves as you seek to swallow their souls. So it is basically, it sounds like it's going to be one of the most definitive Evil Dead games ever because it's a four player versus Kandarian demon type situation. That's going to cover all of the franchise. And I bring it up just not only because that sounds like an absolute blast, but it is uniting like the voice actors or the actors behind all of the films. So they recently announced uh, Dana DiLorenzo from Ash versus evil dead will be providing the voice of Kelly Maxwell. Uh, Her co-star, just recently, Ray Santiago announced that he's going to be reprising his character, uh, Pablo Simon Bolivar from Ash vs. Evil Dead. That uh, they've already confirmed Bruce Campbell, obviously, as the voice of Ash, because how could you not? Um, Marcus Gilbert's Arthur from Armory of Darkness, and Richard Demanicor's Scotty from The Evil Dead. So just about every movie so far is already covered and the game is still in development. So yeah, it sounds like if you miss the Friday the 13th video game, thanks to fun lawsuits, this, this should be the next thing. And that about sums it up. Awesome. All right, listeners, it's your turn. Excited for more of Purgeon. Want some more Stallone in your superhero movies? Let's hear about it. Numbers 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Or email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll chat about your questions at the top of next week's episode. So finally, if you're anything like us, and you spend more than a little time streaming movies on Shutter Netflix, Amazon, and all the other services out there, you're going to need a little bit of help to keep your indecisiveness at a minimum. So Zena's going to clue us in on what we should be watching. So Zena, what should we be watching? So coming our way on Tuesday the 12th, Butchers will be available on VOD. And this follows a family of butchers, you know, and they're in this back country. And it's the deep freezing winter and they have dogs and stuff. And anyone who crossed their path, they become dead meat. So that sounds like it'll be fun. And then also on <laughs> Tuesday, we have Spell. It will be available on DVD. A man awakens from a plane crash, wounded and trapped, and his family is missing. And he's held by a mysteriously, mysterious elderly woman practicing hoodoo. He tries to outwit her and break free from her dark magic and save his family from the sinister ritual. Then on Tuesday, well, I just said Tuesday. So then on Thursday, the 14th, we have two more movies. The first one up is Bloody Hell. It will be available on VOD. What a title, huh? Isn't that fun? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Held captive, <laughs> held captive in a mysterious basement, a man on the run must find a way to escape from a violent and demented family. And Hunted will be available on Shudder. This one is said to be a new take on Little Red Riding Hood. Eve meets what she thinks is a charming guy at a bar, yet things go terribly wrong when she realizes she comes across a psychopath and his puppets. And yeah, they engage in a death chase and she has to fight and there's revenge and it looks really awesome. Check out the trailer. And last and certainly not least, Bloody Disgusting TV. It's free. It's available. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. 
And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. And I think our shortest episode ever. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out our reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Magazine. It can be found on her own site, Real Queen of Horror, and on the YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.